I'm still quite new here, and uh, I'll be honest with you. When when Tom Tom is back, when Tom uh, came and asked me and said, "Aaron, would you uh, talk to the evening crowd about money?" I was like, "Ah, you know, this is a huge topic. It's a sensitive topic, and uh, money. I think, especially here in the UK, I, I feel like." Whenever we, we speak about money, people start to cringe, uh, especially if it's brought up unexpectedly, especially when it's brought up by someone who, who you don't know yet. Uh, yeah, I mean, who am I to talk to you about money? You probably will make more money than I do. Uh, but perhaps I should, I should make, make it my, my goal tonight uh, to see how many times I can make you feel very uncomfortable. Uh, with the Queen's passing, hold on, let me, forgot about the technology. Control. Now I can control the slides. Uh, with the Queen's passing, I was actually quite surprised. Um, yes, yeah, that's, that's nice. I was really, really surprised to find out already on, on uh, different newspapers, um, they're talking about having to change um, the heads on, on the banknotes and, and coins and stamps. Um, because Prince Charles then is now King Charles. And so his portrait needs to be on, on those new banknotes and coins. And I'm no economist, so I, I can't tell you exactly what's this or that, but, and also I'm very easily influenced. So whatever people tells me, I might just believe. And so this is what I heard. Uh, printing money tends to create inflation. I don't know. You can tell me if that's right or wrong. 100%. Oh. <laughs> well, haven't we seen enough um, inflation already? You know, and we print more money, then there's more inflation, according to that. And perhaps you are worried about the future uh, with ongoing inflation and the increase in living, living expenses. Um, and you are like, if you are like me, I'm very skeptical. Um, uh, I, I felt very skeptical when I heard Liz Truss promising all the, all the things over the last month. Um, I mean, not, not saying whether she will deliver her promises or not. It's just uh, we are already paying more than, almost double than um, what we were paying last year. And so you would, you would be um, feeling the stress already. You, you, you have the pressure. And um, you probably start, have already started planning on how you're going to cut costs uh, to, to prepare for the winter. Maybe you've already stopped buying coffee on the way to, to your work. Maybe you've um, canceled your TV license or your Netflix subscription already just to have that little bit extra to help you paying your bill. Uh, there's this famous saying that all Chinese people love. Money is not everything, but without money, you can do nothing. So, uh, show me the money. I am a role model, Jerry. I have a family to support. Hear me? I want to stay in Arizona. I want my new contract. But I like it. Yes, I like it, Jerry. My wife likes you. You're good to my wife. 
I will stay with you. That's, that's great, I'm very happy. Are you listening? Yes. That's what I'm gonna do for you. God bless you, Jerry. But this is what you're gonna do for me. You listen? Jerry? Yeah, what, what, what can I do for you, Rod? You just tell me what can I do for you. It's a very personal, very important thing. It's a family mob. Are you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. I just wanna make sure you're ready, brother. Here it is. Show me the money. Show you the money. Show me 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 the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. So that, that was a clip from, from the film Jerry Maguire. If you don't know that film, you're probably a bit too young. But uh, yeah, I actually quite enjoyed that, that, that movie. Uh, you might be envious of those rich people who simply don't have to worry about money at all. And they don't have to worry about living costs. Uh, we all want to have financial security. Uh, we all wish we'd have a little more so that our lives could be a little easier. Uh, just to dream with me. If you were suddenly given a million pounds of money or whatever desired amount that's in your heart, uh, all at your disposal, no strings attached, how would you use those money? I'm curious. Uh, what's the first thing that came to your mind? Oh, it's up there already. Uh, uh, I'll definitely buy one of those bad boys. And lay my lay my hands behind the wheel. It's my favorite um, car, BMW i8. It's 10 years old, but still good. Um, or I would and not or and I would spend money on those cameras, uh, Canon EOS R3 and 1DX Mark III, and a few telephoto lenses. Uh, but hey, that's just me, the vain, uh, self selfish Aaron. You might be a lot more generous and. And noble, so you might have, you might you might be thinking, oh, I want to spend the money uh, to help pay medical bills for my family or my friends, or you might be thinking about those people living in extreme poverty, and you already hurts your heart, and you want to do something about it. Imagine all the good things we can do about all the money. Uh, would you look at our passage with me, uh, Luke chapter twelve? So that's. Page 1044. And if you just uh, go a few verses back, so to the, to the part we, we didn't read, uh, to verse 4 and verse 5, um, so Jesus was just talking about having a right fear of God because ultimately he is the one who has authority to put, to put people into hell. So there's a life or death beyond our earthly life. And then in verse 6 and 7, 
uh, Jesus told people how much more, how valuable they are to God. And if God treasures little sparrows, how much more would he treasure them? Um, that none of them were forgotten by God, so fear not. Yet, not long after that, not long after what Jesus just had said, we see this guy coming to Jesus to ask for, for a favor. Uh, verse 13, he says, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And I'm guessing he wasn't paying any attention at all to what Jesus had just said. This guy asked Jesus to tell his brother to divide the inheritance with him. Now, I'll be honest with you. Every time I hear my friends telling me how they've just inherited money from their relatives, uh, how they could now buy a house or renovate, reno, renovate their flat or build an extension, I always feel a bit sour. Even though I know there's more to life than the money, but I still feel envious. And that's the kind of money I would never inherit. Now, this, this guy, this guy um, in the Bible most likely is a younger brother of the family because according to the law, the, the older brother gets to inherit double portion. And from the sound of it, this guy here, um, he must have, his, his older brother must have been holding onto the inheritances and, and then he, he's feeling bitter because he didn't get his share of the inheritance. And seeing Jesus as the teacher of the law, an authority figure, uh, he came to Jesus and asked for help, asked him to step in. However, instead of helping him out, Jesus grasped, grasped hold this opportunity. In verse 15, Jesus said to those who were around, can you uh, help me please jump to there, thanks. Uh, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Life is more than just about having lots and lots of money. Jesus then went on to tell the story of a certain rich man who made lots and lots of money, thinking that he's got his life all sorted. Time to take a break to enjoy it. But little did he know his life would end on that very night. If you think about it, this rich man must have been very wise, very smart, and very skillful. Uh, that's why his field was yielding more crops. He was having an abundant harvest, making more money than other people. And for him to achieve such success, he must have thought through how he runs his business and spent more time planning and carefully executing his business plan. He's also a problem solver. Uh, he knows that if he couldn't solve his storage issues, uh, those surplus grain, those crops, would go to waste. That would be a loss. And he knew that he needed to do something about it. Uh, he's a top businessman, that's for sure. And who doesn't want to be successful like him? Who doesn't want to make money the way he does? But we can also tell he's a very self-centered man. I have. If you look at what he says, I will do this, I will do that. My storage, my crop, my surplus. It's all about him. 
He's got no room for others in his heart. He's got no room for anyone else other than himself. He even said to himself, verse 19, I'll say to myself, you have plenty. I find this verse very, uh, very fascinating when I was looking at other translations. Our NIV Bible is very colloquial. It's really good to help us understand the Bible. But some more literal translations, actually, let me show you. He was actually speaking to his own soul. I will say to my soul, soul, you have. You have it at all. You can take it easy and relax and enjoy your life. It feels so much deeper, isn't it? It's like, it's like staring into a mirror and talking to yourself. It's not just me walking down the road and mumble to myself how, how good or how bad my day is. Looking to, into the mirror, I say to myself, yeah, look at you. Dude, you're great. <laughs> you're the man. <laughs> now go and make some money. Uh, in the same way, this rich man thinks he's in control of his own life. He's wise, he's rich, he's an achiever. He's the man. But in verse 20, God calls him a fool. Jesus says, life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. If we look at the world around us, anyone who's willing to stop and pause for a little bit and think, we'd know we have no control of what's going to come. Even if we were to gain all the wealth we desired, anything could have happened to us. COVID, the war, natural disasters, illness, accidents, and the, and the list goes on. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their souls? I used to think I've got years and years ahead of me, especially before I, I got married, uh, before my belly got bigger. Uh, you, or some of you maybe, might still think like that. You know, you've got years to, to, to come. Uh, I think we have about roughly 30 people here, I, I suppose. Uh, stati statistically speaking, 12% of us um, who are present here tonight, so that's about three of us, won't make it to, to the age of 65. And the rest of us, or um, the rest of you, if I don't make it to 65, uh, the rest of us, the rest of you, sorry, uh, who managed to reach 65, about 17% of you, so that's about five of us of the remaining, uh, after you take out the three, five of us will become disabled in some way. And suppose tonight is the night your life ends, like this rich man in verse 20. What would you do? How would you feel? And would you say you are rich toward God? Rich towards God? What does that even mean? Um, perhaps we could explore what isn't rich towards God um, using our example from Revelation chapter 3. You look, um, if, you, if you're still there with your Bible, turn, turn back to Revelation chapter 3. Uh, it's in page one two one two three six.
You say, I'm rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Well, that's, that's very harsh, coming from the Lord. Um, Laodicea was the banking hub back in the days in, in Asia Minor. People were very rich. In the year of AD 60, there was a huge earthquake around, around the area. And the Laodiceans refused any, any aid from the Roman government. They rebuilt the city on their own. They were proud of their own wealth and resources. But Jesus said they were wretched, wretched pitiful, and poor. Have you, have you noticed um, Laodiceans were also proud of their garment trade? A bit like the wool of Yorkshire, the Laodicean wool were the luxurious brand of the time. And in, in every culture, people, it's, it's very weird. If you go to remote remotest part of the world, even those cultures have this sense of um, using garments to cover their certain parts, certain parts of their body. And all different cultures have this understanding that um, special garments and dresses can show people's status, honor, or their dignity. For example, when Joseph was raised by Pharaoh to become second in command, Pharaoh gave him a dress of fine linen. Uh, but despite having all the best garments, Jesus said to the Laodiceans, you are naked. And another thing the Laodiceans were proud of themselves was their selves. The special ointment that treats eye diseases effectively. Just apply it a little bit, and your eyes will start to shine again and see clearly. But Jesus said they are blind. Not only can they see how poor they truly are, they also don't see their nakedness. So I'm not saying financial gain is bad. I'm not saying Jesus is telling us not to make any money or throw away all our earthly possessions. Uh, nor was I trying to tell you not to work hard. In fact, uh, God delights in us when we are happy and do good while we live. For us to be able to eat and drink and find satisfactions in all our labors, that is the gift of God. Jesus wasn't against us making money. He was telling us to watch out and guard against all, all kinds of evil, all kinds of greed, to get our perspective right. Because there's more to life than just money. And so Jesus carried on saying to the church of Laodicea, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salves to put on your eyes so you can see. We need to buy from Jesus things that's, that are truly worthwhile so that we may be truly rich. And we need to buy white clothes to cover our shameful nakedness. And white represents holiness and purity. So when we, when we put on the white clothes, which is Christ himself, uh, his righteousness, he covers up all the uncleanness, all the ugliness, and all the shamefulness. All, all that's stained by, by sin, he covers all up. 
So when God looks, looks at us, uh, it is as if he's, he's looking at Christ. We are seen as holy and righteous. And we also need to buy the selves, have our blind eyes opened by the Holy Spirit, uh, that we may have spiritual discernment, a sense of proper values, and able to see and walk in the light. But what does Jesus mean by buying? And what do we even buy with? Um, Isaiah chapter 55 gives us a good idea of what buying from God looks like. Let me read, read it to you. Come, O you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. It's strange, isn't it? It's so obvious that that God wanted us to give all, all what he said for us for free. And God intends to give us all, all the blessings. He wanted us to have life. That's God's grace. Um, it's his gift for us. But why, why buy from him? I think, I think it's fair to say the action of buying, you go to somewhere, you go to buy stuff, is an expression of, of our act of will. We recognize our needs, so we reach out to get help. To buy from God, uh, it's not something that God would just, just dump on us, so we, so, so we have to go and buy from him. He doesn't like dump things on us. He's not that kind of God. And Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus didn't say, Blessed are the rich blessed are the rich. No, no, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. So that, that's, that's a lot. The, the kingdom of heaven could be ours. There's nothing that could be richer than inherit the kingdom of heaven. You see, uh, to be rich towards God is not about storing things up for ourselves on earth, but to recognize how poor and truly needy we are and that we need him. To be rich towards God is not about having lots of money. It's not even about what we can get from God. It's about getting him, getting Jesus himself to, to become the inheritors of God's kingdom. As we come to understanding what rich towards God looks like, perhaps next time when, when we make money or when we spend money, think about how you can glorify God with the money he entrusted you. Uh, you might want to invest your money, and by doing so, you imitate God's sovereignty and wisdom. Or through meeting your, your own personal needs, you imitate God's independence. Or through giving to others, you imitate God's mercy and love. Or through giving to the church uh, and to evangelism, you help bring others into the kingdom of God. 
But because money carries so much power and so much value, it's a heavy responsibility, and it represents constant temptation to sin. And that's why Jesus tells us to watch out. Watch out and be on our guard against all kinds of greed so that we won't become ensnared in the love of money and turn our hearts from God. Maybe some of us are like those Laodiceans, uh, thinking we are Christians because we come to the church or we grew up in a Christian family. But in reality, we have not yet um, received Jesus. And so we are not yet a Christian. We are still poor, naked, blind, because we haven't come to Jesus to buy from him yet or to receive him as our Savior and Lord. If that's the case, would you consider coming to him to buy from him? Or maybe you are a Christian, but often you are blinded by your love for money. As a result, you lose sight of the things that have eternal values. And if that's you, do you see the need to ask God for help, to consider what it means to guard yourself against all kinds of greed and to become rich towards God? Let us pray. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9 tells us that God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So help us, dear, dear Lord, and teach us to become rich towards you. We thank you that there's more to life than having lots of money. And we thank you that you are not a stingy God who would withhold your blessing from us. But instead, you want us to, to come to you, to buy from you, so that we could be rich, so that we could have life. Help us to see how poor we truly are, how much we need you. And I pray that every one of us here tonight will be those who get to inherit your kingdom. In Jesus' gracious name we pray. Amen.